Welcome to the second episode of Feel Good Sports. Jen, WBBL, it started. We've had several games at this stage. How are you feeling about it generally? Generally good. We're already through so many games already. Yeah, and we're not even a week in. It's a whirlwind. So maybe I'm feeling a bit, little bit overwhelmed. I need to back into whelmed. You know that whole <laughs> quote of you can be underwhelmed and overwhelmed, but you can't just be whelmed. <laughs> I need to be whelmed. I need to find that space. Um, Plenty of exciting cricket. Some cricket that's not been great. Blacktown, I'm looking at you as a venue. But in general, like, I mean, the first game. Oh, wow. The talking point of the first game had to be Maitland Brown just walking out to bat. The Sixers were well and truly in control of the game because of Batesy and Pez's partnership. And yeah. then they, as in any t- T20 game, what you learn is the game can flip in the three balls. And, yeah. it, and it did because they lost wickets, which brings dots, just changes the pressure. Yeah. And Maitland Brown, with two balls to go, they need five runs to win, I think it was. Just strolls to the, the crease. Massive six. Massive six. <laughs> I'm sure she got interviewed either after it or a couple of days later and she was talking about how she changed the grip on the bat from a different colour to pink for magenta for the sixes. And when she did that, she noticed that on the handle it had the initials AH, A-H. on it. Yeah, so it was meant Do to be healing. She was like manifesting some AH energy. She's like, Do you know what? They were going to give this to Healy, and I'm better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my six. No, it was incredible. It was a bit of a heartbreak moment for the Heat, but it was, it, yeah, and it was one of those moments where you went, Yes, game one yeah. brought the entertainment. I Tick. I find it so funny that you've just said that because I was going to ask the question, what was your p- favourite performance so far in WBBL 08 and why was it Susie Bates? And you've just brought Maitland Brown right out for one shot yeah. <laughs> instead of just going on and on about Susie Bates, which would be your normal shtick. I know that would be my default setting, definitely. No, I just thought it was it, – it's where the game has changed to see players able to do that from – zero balls you know go out and just be like well i i gotta gotta hit a six i gotta hit a boundary to win this game got two balls yeah um a six will do it and just knew where she wanted to go unfortunate for um who was it the bowler was it vol that bowled that last over where um jj and the heat stuffed up their oh yeah their their overs overs. so they actually had to call on someone to bowl who hadn't even bowled in the wbbl to date yeah Although I think she probably could still become more of a bowler, but yeah, they went to they went to Vol, and unfortunately for her, she was ends up being the villain and Brown the hero. But it was just yeah, as I said, entertainment was right up there. So great way to start. I was yeah. happy with that. And then now we're another few games through. What about you? Is there any parts of it that's really grabbed your attention, and and if so, why? So you and I have been having a lot of conversations over over the last few days about about T20 generally. And one of the things that I've I've had a little bit of beef with is the fact that uh, people go on and on about Elise Perry being dropped from the T20 side. And then she's had some really good performances both in the 100 and now in, in her first few outings with the WBBL. And I've been like, how come she gets so much kind of critique over other people who I think maybe have demonstrated phenomenal inconsistency? And that's Elisa Healy for me. I think She's incredible in a lot of ways and when she's on, she's on. But uh, seeing Pez have such a, f- such a phenomenal first couple of outings really for me has been like, th- this is exciting because I have missed most of her career. So I don't want to come in 
like really late in the day in terms of the careers of some of the best cricketers of my generation, certainly in terms of Pez, Meg Lanning, Elisa Healy, Rachel Haynes. I'm getting like their twilight years. So I I would really like for her to not be dropped. So I'm really excited about that. Seeing her bat with Susie Bates. I loved it. Wasn't it so good? So good. We chatted about this and we were like, that was so entertaining. There seemed to be like good chemistry there, good communication. And you said that if anyone was going to bring Pez back into form or, or help her head game, it would be Charlotte Edwards. Yeah, I think the recruitment of Edwards to coaching the Sixers, I think she's a – I tried to explain this. She has a contagious enthusiasm for especially for the T20 game. So her career was all long format and 50 over cricket and then a bit of T20 towards her twilight of her playing career. Sure. Edwards, now she still played a stack of them. But, you know, she came through when they were still playing a lot more test cricket between Australia and England. And she built her game on being this incredible cricketer who, who could stay her time at the crease. But she was just enthusiastic for the game. Loves, loves the elements of batting, has always loved fielding, has always loved bowling. And, and she genuinely gets excited for those that have a highlight moment in a game. Yeah. The first person you see, like if you look back at old footage of England winning the game off the last ball, for example, Charlotte Edwards will be the first person sprinting out from the dugout. And you're like, How, mm. where'd that pace come from? <laughs> you know, like she just, there's this thing that comes out of her. It suits the T20 game because yeah. she was one of the ones that went, this is going to be a different thing for women's cricket. Do you and think embraced it immediately in my sense and she's taken it into her coaching. Like I've coached alongside her, I've played alongside her. As I said, it's contagious. She just gets excited. And as a coach, I reckon Pez would flourish in that environment for a change, a change environment and to be like, yeah, cricket's good fun. I enjoy this and I enjoy being a highlight and yeah. having people appreciate that I can be a highlight. Because she does have a bit of an, a reputation for, for being a – a workhorse in terms of... Yeah, she can be a grinder in a sense, yeah. Yeah. So can I ask you, T20 as opposed to 50 over, as opposed to test cricket, do you reckon T20 is more about enthusiasm and momentum and the energy rather than pacing and strategy? I think it's a huge, huge part of it. So if you're a quality cricketer with quality skills, so the basics are right, the foundation is there, and you can go into a really enthusiastic, exciting mode you're going to have success versus the sloggers in T20 who give us, I'm talking batting in particular, who give us a lot of highlights at times because they've got amazing strength, but they're not technically as sound. Yeah. Uh, But the T20 game allows them to flourish, which is great. Love having people like that around as well and the innovators. But yeah, for Pez, she has, you know, she's she's very technically correct. It's been a a real different thing for her to have to realise how to score in other areas of the ground, and she's, she does it. And I just think that with Bates in the lineup, with Eccleston in the lineup, um, and with Edwards coaching, um, that Perry probably is just going to be t- freed up to be like, yeah. do you know what? It doesn't it's matter if I fail. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. So be good at cricket because you are really good at cricket. With the sixes, what I've noticed is – the energy that they're bringing to all of their cricket at the moment, it makes it a really enjoyable, entertaining game to watch, particularly when they're in the field. And that's really exciting because I know that last year, last season, which is the only season I've seen them play, pretty flat. Not a lot of vibe. Not a lot of up. Yeah. 
So obviously the other team that we're going to follow super closely is going to be the Scorchers. And both of both of their games, good news in the... Two wins, two from two. Two from two, but also... Blacktown <laughs> just doesn't... It's not conducive to amazingly exciting cricket. With the Scorchers, I was kind of surprised they recruited Maddie Green. Yeah. I wasn't sure from New Zealand. I wasn't sure what she where she was going to bring in and I thought maybe it potentially affected some local players in the sense that maybe a Paparo, Carmichael and Edgar might lose out some opportunity. But one of the things I didn't realise about her is she's taken two speckies and I love a good fielding effort. Give a big round of applause to a couple of diving efforts to Maddie Green. I brought up something to you to do with why, and this is back circling back around to your thought about Healy and Perry as your comparison. So Perry obviously has outscored Healy in the history of the WBBL. Mm. Uh, Beth Mooney still sits number one and then um, Perry just went over 3,500 runs in this section. Then it goes Divine, Villani, Lanning, Healy. But I mentioned to you that one part that always goes against Pez is strike rate. So strike rate is how many runs you'll score off each 100 balls you face. So Healy, 135 and Perry, 103. But... Perry averages 50, Healy averages just under 28. So that's your consistency thing versus us being like we just love the the game changer. Uh, Don't get me wrong, watching Healy in the World Cup earlier this year when she had two centuries and it was incredible to watch. But then she has some outs, yeah. The number of single digits I've seen Healy walk away with in the last – since the Commonwealth Games – she didn't fire in the 100 at all, really. And she made runs in one of the three games they've played so far. So, like, I like her. I like her character. I like what she brings energy-wise. I'm not saying Pez deserves the spot over Healy. I'm not saying that there's not good value in Healy somewhere. I'm just saying the way we talk about it feels extremely one-sided and as a brand new like I'm not someone who's tracked their whole careers I'm someone who's come in this yeah. in the last year what makes it like, interesting is that you're coming with a view that's different and it's newer and it's fresher and, and you like, ask questions so you're like well the Healy I've seen I've seen some big scores yeah. and I get it I love that but then I've also seen a raft a, a list of you know, below 10s or below 5s and, and the question is... And you oh, know what, she, but the discussion is between those two because they're, they're the ones kind of form-wise that I'm just like consistently there's there are questions about top of the order and all of that kind of thing because that's, that's how we talk. But really, I the, the person who I most enjoy watching play is Beth Mooney. Because so what is it that you like about Beth Mooney? She's Go so there. consistent. Uh in my like in in the year that I've watched her, mm-hmm. um, I I like her consistency. I like the way she scores. I like how she looks when she bats. But I also love watching her field. Yeah, you brought that up the other day. I you love, love watching her in the field. I love the Beth Mooney. How do you go moments. with her with the gloves on? Do you like it as much when she's the keeper, or do you prefer? I really loved watching around. her keeping in the hundred because I I really enjoyed her chat. I really enjoyed seeing okay. the way she interacts with her team and kind of doing that adhesive role. Yeah. Well, I gave you the comparison just of of statistics for Perry and Healy. So obviously Mooney, 3,731 runs. Her strike rate, 122. So she's sitting up closer to Healy's strike rate in that sense. Her average, 
just over 47. So she's only just under Perry. So she's the ideal at the moment. Like she's the ideal opening bat um, template, isn't she? I think she's, I think that's clear. Yeah. I just like her. I don't, I, I just, I just like do. Her. I just do. Really enjoyed, was it Johnston? Yeah. Um, the Ellie for the Brisbane Heat. So that yeah, was when fascinating. Grace, so Grace Harris stepped away for she, a game. Yeah, she had one game she was rested. So I don't know whether that's knees or, or, or what it is with Gracie. Um, but, yeah, she comes in, Ellie, and just was exceptional. Is- I think she started a little bit shaky from memory. She was a little bit sort of nervous and yeah, tentative. She, it took her a minute to settle in. But once she was in, oh, she looked, talk about she Chris looked awesome. She looked like she's meant to be an opening bat, right? I, I thought she did a cracking job. So for the heat to know. And I was like got- a little bit. I was a little bit sad not to see Grace walking out, but then I was kind of like, oh, this is good entertainment. Oh, it was. Love that. It was really good. And it was quite funny because on the coverage they had Grace up in the box commentating, um, like being the colour role, and she was like, oh. Don't know if I'm going to get my spot I might back. Be, I might be at eight next game when I'm allowed <laughs> back, when I'm, I'm back in. I've, I might have given a – what is it? Don't give a, suck, a sucker an even break. And, yeah, look, it was exciting. for The, the Heat looked to be a side that should definitely be a contending side. They've got you – know, Redmayne is perpetually underrated, probably by not by people who really know yeah, her or what she does. The, the Doc is a – what an overachiever. Fell just short of getting a, a WBBL 100. But just talk about – consistency and what she offers she was someone originally that I was like nah t20 game does not suit her can't yeah, okay can't score quick enough can't score in enough different angles or be innovative enough but for Redmayne it was like she went into an off season and went yeah I hear all that those points about me being the person who's going to anchor the innings and just get up and down the crease and let everyone else do the hitting no I can be that person too and She's been fantastic and, and off the back of it continues to get picked or be in and around the Australian conversation, which is interesting with the, the no Lanning and the no Haynes in the yeah. middle order. Does she start to come into the reckoning for it? Potentially. And yeah. Yeah. Again, she was someone I thought, no, nah, maybe doesn't suit this, this style of game. I always try to look at players and go, would I want them in my team? And be pretty lucky if I did. What other domestic talent that has really stuck out for you? I liked what Annabelle Sutherland did when they took the power surge, the stars. Yeah, she did a great job. Clever with that. And she got their team into an almost winning position based on that. So Sutherland, this season so far, WNCL and then into this, I'm like, oh, okay. There's a shady there. I reckon just over over the year so far, she has improved in terms of her consistency and She's entertaining to watch as well. So it's interesting to kind of see that progression in just a year and exciting to think about what she could be soon. I want to ask you two questions. Firstly, who are your top four contenders this year? As quickly as you can. Scorchers, heat. So, yeah, Scorchers, heat, sixes. And I would have said strikers, but I'm sitting on the fence a little bit with them now. But that would have been my first four. You? Yeah, exactly the same. Okay. Exactly the same. Who do you reckon takes it out? I, I still Gut feeling. I still go with it. think any team that has Beth Mooney in it, the Scorchers. I obviously always feel that way as yeah, well. Yeah, right. Let's I think ra- the Heat can beat anyone. On a good day. Yeah, but they, they have, can have a bad day. Yeah, exactly. Let's wrap it up for now. Laters. Laters. <laughs> we need a better wrapping it up. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, feelgoodsportspod. Yeah. This is, the I whole, don't know, that's it. 